Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. Before we get started, let me uh, tell you that if you like this program, you can hit like, you can hit subscribe, and you can uh, go to the comment section and you can comment on not just this program, but some of the other programs we have for you and the columns that we put up each week. Try to do at least one column a week, the PAC perspective. There is now an opportunity for you to comment on the column. So let us know what you're thinking, good, bad, or otherwise. Just keep in touch. And uh, if you want to contact me directly, I'm Ted Flint. It's pacman at the bmgnetwork.com. Pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N, all lowercase. This woman has so much guts that I, I love Marjorie Taylor Greene. I think she is something special. The media hates her. That's why you should like her. From where I sit, she is a patriotic American citizen. She tells it like it is. It's at least like she sees it. And that's refreshing. She's kind of a female version of Donald Trump. We'll get to Donald Trump in a minute because there are you know, all kinds of speculation about him running in 2024 for president. Some, some people are saying that he could be the Speaker of the House in 2022. And, uh, and there are other people who say that he's got too much baggage. And I think, you know, you can make a case that Donald Trump, he's walked, as somebody wrote, some uh, columnist wrote, he, he, he knocked down the door. And now it's time for somebody else to, to walk through it. So we'll get to Trump in a minute. But Marjorie Taylor Greene, or MTG, as she's called uh, for short, affectionately, uh, she says we have a communist government in charge in Washington. We absolutely do. Now, I'm not talking about the the, uh, the AOC wing of the party and and uh, Ilian Omar and some of the others. I mean, the Democrats are communists, many of them. But nobody has the guts until now to say it. They just go along to get along. Republicans, too. They go along to get along. They cut deals. Mitch McConnell cut a deal recently with Chuck Schumer to pass this uh, the Biden's uh, Build Back Better plan. We, we want no deals with these people. Anyway, back to Marjorie Greene. She warned Americans must brace for a dark time. Things You think things are bleak now? Gas prices out of control? Inflation higher than it's been since 1979? We better have a game plan because it's going to get darker. And we need to plan to defeat a malevolent government unlike this nation has ever seen. Those are her words. Those are mine, too. We have a communist government in charge. I'll read you her quote. This administration, the policies, their behavior, and the way they're targeting their political enemies is what we are used to seeing in communist countries. What went on January 6th? The FBI is going after people involved, still doing it, knocking people's doors down and arresting them. We're not used to seeing that here. We're going to have to take a different approach. And as as Green said, we need to look at them with complete distrust and skepticism. Because the government right now is targeting you if you're a conservative, and especially if you are a Trump supporter. We see it every day, in every way. But I'm going to read you her quotes, and I'll infuse mine when the time is right. I'm in total uh, agreement with her. We need to prepare for, for more government overreach. and We have to find a way to fight back. We have to get people informed, for one thing. And there's still time. We have a constitution. This administration doesn't observe the U.S. Constitution, but we have judges, thanks to Donald Trump, the high court, and and federal judges. He named a slew of federal judges to the bench, the federal bench, and they're protecting us right now. Now, Green is one of a handful of other Republican members of Congress 
who is that uh, we we should all be concerned about the the treatment of what many are calling political prisoners in the wake of this this uh, disturbance January 6th. January 6th was not an insurrection. It doesn't fit the definition of an insurrection. It was a protest of sorts and mostly peaceful, like the ones the media told us were peaceful last summer in Seattle and Portland as the communists were you know, burning down cars and buildings and, and destroying property and maiming people and in some cases killing people. But they were mostly peaceful protests. January 6th was mostly peaceful. There were a handful of people who took things to the extreme and, and things got out of control quickly. But the FBI has been on this year-long manhunt for Trump supporters who were at the Capitol that day. And many of those people who were there believe that the U.S. presidential election in November was hijacked. And when you have a substantial number of Americans who believe that their vote doesn't count, you're going to have problems like we had on January 6th. We're not going to have fewer problems. We'll have more of these types of outbursts. I hope we don't. I'm not advocating that. You have to you have to make that clear because the other side will accuse you of being violent or, you know, uh, stumping for violence. No such thing. And, you know, and Green said that. She made that clear, too. She says we're going to have to do something about we can't let what happened in November be repeated. What people are going to have to start to realize is we are not dealing with an ordinary government. The election of 2020 wasn't your typical swing of the pendulum back to the left and having their turn in power. The pendulum got completely ripped off on November 3rd. This is a quote from Marjorie Greene. We must all be very honest. Democrats are finally showing us their true colors. They are communists. I've been saying this for decades, but I have no pull. Who's, who's listening to me? Hopefully, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. But Marjorie Taylor Greene's in Congress. Now she can do something about it. Again, I'll read you another quote from her because she's she's fantastic. If you uh, if you're someone who was here in D.C. January sixth, she told WorldNet Daily, the FBI could raid your home if they haven't already. The Department of Justice could charge you because you may have walked through the Capitol, which was a really bad choice. But if you walked through and you haven't been arrested, they're still looking for you, and you are going to be arrested. That's the reality we're in. It's not going to go away anytime soon. And I agree with her. Now, there's all kinds of reports that the FBI was part of this uprising, January 6th. They, they let some of these people in the Capitol. As far as the treatment of these people who were there on January 6th and who were arrested, they're subjected to all kinds of mistreatment by the guards. I don't know if you're reading about this. Probably you're not seeing it on the, the network news. They're called white supremacists. They're being denied religious services, haircuts, shaving, the ability to trim their fingernails. She said this, uh, Green did, alongside her her fellow GOP reps, Louis Gohmert, Matt Get, uh, Gates, and uh, Paul Gosar. They are told that they have to denounce President Trump. They are told that their views are the views of cult members. This is unbelievable. This is what happens in a communist country. It's like Soviet Russia. What happened on January 6th was not an insurrection. We will do a program specifically on January 6th, sometime in the near future. Alex Jones, InfoWars. I mean, I've gotten some of my uh, news from them in the past. Steve Bannon, they're going after those types of people. Those are some of the targets of the January 6th committee. Uh, You know, and I'll just read you what she said, and I agree totally. The 2020 election was not legitimate, but staying home is not the answer. We have to get people out to vote. 
We have to get people volunteering to watch all the different polling centers, not just on Election Day, but the days and weeks leading up to Election Day volunteering and the days afterwards. People are going to have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. That's the only way we're going to stop it. And that means taking a strong, strong stand. Then she added, I'm not talking about violence. See, that's how the left operates. They, they'll accuse you of promoting violence or threatening violence. I was at my local school board meeting and I didn't hear the guy. Some ponytail stood up and said that Ted Flint advocated violence at the last meeting. It's like, are you kidding me? It's a good thing I didn't hear him. But that's how the left operates. They can't debate you on the issues, on the merits of whatever the issue is. They resort to the ad hominem. This is what they do. And the media plays right, right into it. But anyway, Green says to call your representative, call your senators, call your congressmen, and let them know that you've got your eyes on them. And go to your local school board meetings. Again, that's uh, another show in and of itself, our local school board. Unbelievable. Some of the same stuff that's going on in Washington and in Albany is going on at your local school board uh, meetings. You got, you've got to get involved in it. I don't want to. I went to my last couple of meetings, and I'd rather be home watching the, the football game on Thursday nights. I said to my son, you know, there's still time to catch the first half of the Minnesota-Pittsburgh game. I don't want to be at a school board meeting till 930, but you have to. You've got to get involved because the left will just steamroll you. Back to Trump. Uh, as someone wrote, Michael Brown wrote a great, a great piece for World Net Daily. He said, Trump knocked down the door. Let someone else walk through it. And he it's a great piece here. I'm not going to read it all to you. That's three or four pages long. But he said, uh, I, you know, and he voted for Trump twice. And I, and I voted for him as well in 16 and in 20. People love Trump. Either they love him or hate him. But most working class Americans, middle America, loves Donald Trump because he didn't play Washington's games. He was the champion of the people who put him there. He wasn't a member of the good old boys club. And he put them on notice. There's a new sheriff in town and things are going to change. And for four years they did. But you saw how the left went after him. They impeached him not once for twice over nothing. The media was after him every day. He would appear before the media, give the media, you know, however long they wanted. Every single day. When's the last time you see Biden give the media any, any time? They protect him. They, they shuffle him off back into the, down a cellar somewhere. But now Trump has broken the mold. I mean, he's thrown out the old rule book and he's forged a new path. And now it's time for somebody else, according to Michael Brown. And I, you know, I kind of waver on this day to day. I think he'd be great if he ran again. I think he is. I mean, he, obviously, he's testing the waters. All these rallies he's holding, this new social media site that he's created. But we need another, maybe a younger conservative, somebody without all the baggage. They're going to be attacked no matter who it is, whether it's DeSantis, whether it's I don't know who could who could fill his shoes. There is no Trump. There is nobody like Donald Trump, unfortunately. But he does bring a lot of collateral damage with him. And there's a new book out, and this is what it, what Michael Brown focuses on here in this piece at World Net Daily. Trump gave an interview to Barack Ravid for the for his new book, Ravid's new book, Trump's Peace: The Abraham Accords and the Reshaping of the Middle East. And as was reported in the Jerusalem Post in April of this year. Trump explained to Ravid he had not spoken to former Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu since Netanyahu called President Biden to congratulate him after the election victory. As quoted in the book, Trump said, I haven't spoken with him since he congratulated Biden. Blank him. Expletive. Blank him. Netanyahu, in other words. Trump also said to Ravid, the first person 
who congratulated Biden was Bibi Netanyahu, the man I did more for than any other person I dealt with. Bibi could have stayed quiet. He has made a terrible mistake. Now, yes, is Trump vain? Probably. Self-centered at times? Well, we all are. We all have our faults. Trump said, I like Bibi. I still like Bibi. But I also like loyalty. Every politician loves loyalty above all else. The first person to congratulate Biden was Bibi. And not only did he did he congratulate him, he did it on tape. Well, point of fact, he, he, he wasn't the first to congratulate Bibi. I mean, there were the leaders of uh, France and Germany and Canada, the UK, Ireland, were all ahead of Bibi. But Trump was hurt by that. So anyway, he granted uh, Ravid uh, two interviews, 90 minutes in total. And he brought up Biden's uh, Netanyahu's call to Biden five times. So, I mean, he, it's sticking in his craw. But it's a great piece. Go to World Net Daily. Michael Brown is the, is the author of this. And that's who Trump is. I mean, you know, he's got his faults. But he fights for us. And hopefully he'll fight for us again. I, you know, there is a way he could be the uh, new Speaker of the House. The Speaker of the House, according to the Constitution, it might have been an oversight, the Speaker does not have to be elected to the House to become Speaker. If Republicans take control next fall, as it, they probably will, there's talk of them getting as many as 60 seats, picking up five dozen seats in the House. If that were to happen, Trump could be named Speaker. He could take out Pelosi, send her into retirement. It is possible. So I will talk a little bit about uh, Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, instituting a mandate that started today, an indoor mask mandate for the entire state. I guess the, the COVID cases. They're going in the wrong direction. There's been a spike, mostly in this new Omicron or Omicron uh, uh, variant, I guess you call it. And, uh, you know, the, the, these people who suffer from this are, so far have had mild symptoms. No deaths from it in America. One death in the UK from this. But she wants a mask mandate for the entire state indoors. And uh, we have to wear it in, in all indoor settings, even in private businesses. Well, all businesses are private. Unless the business has enacted a, a vaccine order. And this mandate applies to both patrons and staff and will be in effect from December 13th, which is today as we record this, until January 15th, after which the state will reevaluate. Now, the CDC is not calling this a mandate. They're calling it a recommendation. But she, the governor, Hochul, who's terrified of COVID, is calling it a mandate. Now, a couple of county executives, Steve McLaughlin for one, I can't think of the other, but McLaughlin, the Rensselaer County executive, says that his county will not comply with a mandate. It's up to individual businesses whether they want to make their patrons wear masks. But I'll just read you Hochul's statement for what it's worth. She said, "The uh, as governor, my, my two top priorities are to protect the health of New Yorkers and to protect the health of our economy. Well, she's not doing the second very well. 68,000 positive tests for the virus in the seven-day period that ended December 8th. That's the most in any seven-day stretch since the beginning of February. And then she takes, you know, basically she's blaming us. She said, I've warned for weeks that additional steps could be necessary, and now we're at that point based upon three metrics, increasing cases, reduced hospital capacity, and insufficient vaccination rates in certain areas. 93%, according to a radio report I heard today, 93% of New Yorkers have at least one shot. 80% of New York is fully vaccinated. Well, the, the two shots. Some are getting the booster. 
80%. Now, some areas, I, I suspect, up where I live in Washington County, the uh, vaccination rate is low. But overall, the state, it's at 80%. And people are wearing masks all the time. Anyway, the mandate's in effect for the next month or so. And speaking of mandates, some hospitals are dropping their COVID vac- uh, vaccine mandates because they can't find workers. They're losing workers. But some of the country's largest hospital systems have dropped the COVID-19 vaccine mandates for employees. Federal judge, as you know, temporarily halted President Biden's vaccine mandate for healthcare workers. And I read this in the Wall Street Journal. As a result, hospital operators such as HCA Healthcare Inc. and Tenant Healthcare Corporation, nonprofits including Advent Health and the Cleveland Clinic, are dropping the mandates. Not, not here in New York, though. We've gone down this road. And, you know, these people, the Democrats mostly, but Hochul and some of these uh, liberals in, in, uh, in Washington, they're acting as though we're in the early stages of this pandemic. We're not. We're in a different place than we were a year ago or certainly two years ago. We have the vaccines. And 80% of New Yorkers are vaccinated. People are not dying as they did under Cuomo's watch. You know, 9,000 people were, 9,000 infected people infected with COVID were put into nursing homes and over 12,000 nursing home residents died as a result. But we're not in those early stages. But people are acting as though we are. We know that those aerosol droplets don't hang in the air for three hours after somebody sneezes. We know, according to the science, that the, uh, that the droplets don't live on countertops for three days like we thought they did. So why are we acting as though they, they do? I don't get it. It's a, I think a, a lot of this is about control. And eventually, we're going to have all kinds of different variants of the, of the COVID-19 strain. It's going to split off as viruses do. It wants to protect itself. It's going to split. And with each split, and I'm not a, vi- a virologist by any stretch, or I'm not any medical professional, but I, I've read quite a bit, and I know some people who know a lot more than I do about it. Eventually, it's not going to, going to be a pandemic. It will be endemic. It's going to be like the seasonal flu. You know, you take your flu vaccine, uh, some of you, every year, and that's what's going to happen here. We take the vaccine for, for the COVID and whatever strain. And with each strain, it becomes weaker. As the virus splits, it becomes less lethal. Have you noticed? I mean, Delta's still out there. That was like the apex, the Delta. But with each new strain, the virus will weaken. Eventually, it's going to be endemic, not a pandemic. Anyway, we're out of time. And I didn't get to about half the things things I wanted to get to. Thank you very much, folks, again, for listening. And if you like what you hear, let me know. You can hit the like button, hit subscribe, because I've got four kids. And one of them is in college. And uh, I need dough, frankly, As, as Archie Bunker said. I mean, I like the fact that you enjoy what you're hearing. But as he said, Archie Bunker, respect is for the dead. The living need dough. And I need dough. Uh, thank you very much for listening. And, you know, we have so many fine programs. We have this one. We have the uh, Ken Burns show. We have the Adrian Ross show. And my daughter, Madeline, will begin a show this week as well. And I forget what she's going to call it. She's got a special name for it. She's got her picture up there. She's really, really, the website's going to be phenomenal when she begins. And uh, she's really, really adept at all this social media stuff. And she's trying to teach me, but, you know, about teaching old dogs new tricks, that kind of thing. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll end it here. Thanks very much, folks, for, for tuning us in. And again, if you want to contact me directly, you can email me at pacman at thebmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. If the Lord wills it, we will talk to you real soon. 
The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.